0: Okay, we are reading from Luke, the Gospel according to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. We're reading from verse 38. Luke 10:38. Now, the context of this is that you will remember further up in Luke 10, Jesus had sent out the uh the 70 or 72 Disciples, he had sent them out, and when he sent them out, he said, Go two by two and arrange for the different towns that I'm going to be coming into. One of the towns that that Jesus is coming into, and remember, this is about the last five months of Jesus' life. One of the towns that he's coming into now is Bethany. The name of the town is not listed in this particular passage, but we know because it's the home of Mary and Martha. And their brother Lazarus, Lazarus isn't mentioned in this particular part, but it becomes quite an important home in the life of Jesus. And this town of Bethany was a town that Jesus often stayed at. It's just outside Jerusalem. So it's, it's, uh, it's something that can be walked in 20 or 30 minutes from Jerusalem. And Jesus preferred to stay in Bethany even when he was in Jerusalem. He would often go to Bethany to spend the night. And and Jesus had, remember, He had spoken to the disciples when He sent them out. He said, when you find a place in the town, don't go from house to house. Stay in that house as you're ministering in that town. So this probably is going to become a house that Jesus now frequently visits. But this is the beginning of it. So now in Luke chapter 10, verse 38. Now as they were traveling along, He entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed Him into her home. She had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. But the Lord answered and said, Martha, Martha, you're worried worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. So, in in verse 38, it says, As they were traveling along, he entered a village. So, Jesus is traveling into these towns. This is one of the villages that he's entering. And a woman named Martha comes and welcomes him into her home. So, remember, this, this home had already been prepared by a visiting pair of disciples. They had come in, they had set up the homes for Jesus to stay in as he was going to go from village to village in these last few months of his life. And and um, it says that Martha was the one who went out to meet him. Martha was the one who went out. So she was probably the, the older of the sisters, the matriarch of the family. She's the one who goes out and welcomes him. And so this woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Remember what's happening. Martha welcomes Jesus into her home. Would you like Jesus to visit your home? Have a home that welcomes Jesus. Welcome Jesus into your home. Have a home that's welcoming to the body of Christ. Welcoming to Jesus. Where you you order things so that Jesus would want to be there. Where you have family prayer. You have family devotions. You have a time... And she welcomes him into her home. So you can see Martha just saying, come on in. It's welcoming. It's not like they're sitting in the house and Jesus has to peek his head in and he says, uh, you, you mind if I, can I come in? No, Martha goes out and she welcomes him. This tells us how we ought to be. We are to be welcoming. So, so, um, when you meet with people, be welcoming. When they come in and and they're new into the the place where, where a meal is going to be served, welcome them. Make them feel most welcome when they're new. Welcome them in. This is the pattern that we have in Scriptures. Martha welcomed Jesus in. And it says that he came in this house, and in verse 39, she had a sister called Mary, who was seated at the Lord's feet listening to his word. But Martha was distracted with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving? So here, the older sister, Martha, is working and getting the meal ready. There's nothing wrong with getting the meal ready to to serve to Jesus. I mean, this is not a bad thing that she's doing. So she's getting this meal ready, and And uh, uh, it says that that Mary, though, was seated at the Lord's feet. So Jesus is sitting there, and remember, what is the normal posture for a rabbi to be teaching? And Jesus often did it, was sitting. Remember it would say, and Jesus sat down and he began to teach. The normal posture for a rabbi who was teaching. And Mary comes and sits at his feet, and she's seated there listening to his word. So Mary is listening to Jesus. And Martha's serving. Both of these are good things. Neither of them is a bad thing. And Martha's getting all the food ready. And as she's getting, it says, Martha was distracted, in verse 40, with all her preparations, and she came up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving? Then tell her to help me. Very interesting. This is a typical family. One sister upset with the other sister that she's working harder than the other one. The older sister would love the younger sister to be be helping her. Because the younger sister is just sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening, and one might suppose that she's just not doing anything. She's just wasting her time. Look, You're sitting at the feet of Jesus. Why don't you help me here and work? You can you can you can imagine Martha long before she ever goes to Jesus, she's looking back at her sister and getting frustrated, and then finally turns and gives her sister the evil eye, you know, the this shooting arrows at her with her eyes, like and telling her to get over here and help me. And Mary is just just fascinated with the Lord. I mean, she's not giving Martha any of this attention. And Martha is busy trying to get this meal ready. And remember, it's not Jesus all alone. He's got 12 other guys with Him. So you've got 13 young guys coming. It's like 13 college students. I mean, they're just hungry. They've come a long way. And they're hungry. And so there's a lot of food to prepare here. And Martha... Had, and and there's, there's, you need enough for Martha and Mary and Lazarus, their brother as well. So... So, you've got uh, uh, like 16 people at least that are going to have to be served here. So, it's a big crowd. And so she's trying to do this, and she comes up to Jesus. So, Martha comes up to Jesus, and she says, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? This is just like us. We go to the Lord and say, Lord, don't you care what's happening in my life? Don't you care? And Jesus just is listening to this and then she says, then tell her to help me. I'm telling her and she's not listening, so you tell her to help me. So here is Martha commanding the Lord what he should do. Then tell her to help me. This happens in, in, in families. My kids will say, say, go and they'll come to me and they'll say, tell so and so to do this. Tell one of their ob- other siblings. They want me to be the one to tell them. Shireen does this to me all the time. <laughs> go tell Ben to be home at such and such an hour. But, and students do this to me too. They, they'll come to me and they'll say, go tell this other student to do this. This is normal family life. Jesus is actually enjoying this family. He comes back to this home again and again. He loves this family. So you would think that, oh, this family is in such disarray. The Lord would never come back here. He wants a solemn place. A place where he can be quiet and meditate. No, he wants to be in a family. This to him is normal family. One sister upset about the other because she's not working hard enough. The other sitting at his feet. One coming to Him and saying, Lord, don't you even care what's going on in this family? Look at this. It's just so chaotic here. Jesus understands families. It is a beautiful thing to be in a family. You know, you have all this stuff going on in a family and you want to get some peace and quiet sometimes and then Shireen leaves town and the kids are away and I'm all home all alone. I'm like, this is really boring. I'd much rather have the normal family chaos going on than just this boredom of being all alone. Jesus is actually enjoying this family. So she comes to Jesus. She's upset with the Lord. She says, Don't you see me serving? I'm doing this all alone. She has left me all alone to serve. Tell her to help me. And the Lord, rather than just just clobbering her and saying, do you know who you're talking to? (laughs) Do you know who you're commanding? I'll tell whoever I want to tell. No, he doesn't do that. He turns to her, but the Lord answered. He said to her, Martha, Martha, just imagine the Lord calling your name. It's like, do you know my name? Surprised you even know me. I got a. Uh, do you remember Nabil who spoke in this class a few months ago? So Nabil sent me an email that he was having breakfast with Ravi Zacharias in Singapore, and he says that that uh, uh, my my name came up in the conversation, and and Ravi started saying a lot of nice things about me, and I was like, Ravi even remembers me. This is this is the Lord Jesus. And he's saying Martha, but not once, he's saying it twice. It's it's like it's not like Martha, Martha. It's not like that. It's it's like he's putting his hands on her face and saying, Martha, Martha. You know, just just He's loving this woman. He calls her twice by name. This is the care that Jesus has. He's saying, Martha. Martha, don't you know how much I love you? This is how He's ministering. This is what the Lord is. He's not just in heaven, just dictating things on earth and directing them with His fingers, saying, I think I'll have this nation attack this nation now. He's going and He's he's individually going to people. And He's calling her by name. Martha, Martha. He says, you're worried and bothered about so many things. And He doesn't say that those things are useless. I mean, Jesus is hungry too. And His disciples are hungry too. So, she's just getting the food ready. But He said, you're worried and bothered about so many things. But only one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her. The lesson here is that is that the physical is superseded by the spiritual. There is something richer here. He says, I'm speaking and she's just listening to me. It turns out that Mary has a keener ear for what the Lord is saying than His own disciples. Because Mary recognizes that the Lord is going to die. Because He is speaking about his death. She recognizes this. All the disciples were just taken off guard by this. Mary wasn't. Mary was learning things, sitting at the Lord's feet. What happens is, people will think that you are wasting your time, that you could be far more productive if you woke up early in the morning, got ready, and went off to work. That would be the most productive way. But Jesus calls us to something different. Is you wake up in the morning and you spend time with me. If you will spend time at the feet of Jesus, learning from him and hearing from him, this is much, much better. People look at my life and they say, how do you get all done that you need to get done? I have no idea. But all I know is when I wake up in the morning, I spend time with Jesus. That time with Jesus is not a waste of time. It is the time that makes me more productive than anybody else. When we take time and start our day sitting at the feet of Jesus, He will make your time more productive than anybody else. You spend, start with just 20 minutes. If you don't spend time with Jesus regularly, start with 20 minutes. Wake up 20 minutes earlier, if need be. Say, well, why should I do this? Because He's Lord. And spend time with Him. You read His Word and you, say, you pick up a book of the Bible. You say, Lord, start to speak to me through this book. And as you read, let the Lord to start to speak to you. Lord, speak to me through this Word. And then pick up the next day where you left off. In that 20 minutes, spend some time in prayer. Say, Lord, remember my day. Cause it to be productive. Cause it to be good. Remember my parents. Pray for your parents. Remember my family. Pray for your family. Pray for your work. Pray for your work or the people you work with. You spend 20 minutes with God and He will give you that 20 minutes back multiple times over. And then as you learn and as you grow, you might want to spend more time with the Lord. That time may increase, that you spend even more time with the Lord. It is not wrong to be about serving the Lord. It is not wrong to go to work. But he says, Mary is doing the right and the important thing right now. She's doing the good and the important thing right now. He says, this is something that is more important and it's a good part that will not be taken away. You know, you could have a day where you go by and, you know, just your computer is locked up that day. And it's a totally useless day. I don't know if you've ever had a day where just, it would have been the equivalent if you had not gone to work. (laughs) Because something happened and it was just, that happens sometimes. Jesus said, your day could just be totally taken away. He says, but what Mary is doing now will never be wasted. The spiritual... Comes before the physical. Greater than the serving and the eating and serving of food is the spiritual of what Jesus does in your life. If you have to sacrifice your breakfast for spending time with the Lord, sacrifice your breakfast for spending time with the Lord. It is better to spend time with the Lord. You got time to eat? You have time to pray. You got time to eat? You have time to spend with the Lord. Turn to uh, Exodus, the book of Exodus, chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. We're going to see this man Moses, the way he spent time, just at the feet of Jesus. Remember, Mary wasn't particularly praying in this. She was just sitting at the feet of Jesus and enjoying Him. Learn to enjoy the Scriptures. Learn to read the Scriptures and just to have the Lord speak to you. Look at Exodus chapter 33, verse 7. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp a good distance from the camp and he called it the tent of meeting. Okay, so Moses used to take... So think about this camp. Remember, coming out of Egypt, there were 600,000 coming out of Egypt. If you think of the number of people, if you include women and children that were going through the wilderness over a 40-year period, remember, they were a huge number of people. It says of them that the, the the people were terrified of them when they were coming into the land. Because it says they are a people who devours the land. If you had 600,000 men coming out 40 years later, once you have all these births and everything, even though everyone who came out who was 20 years old and upward had died except for Joshua and Caleb, just think of the numbers that must have been there. There were millions. There may well have been four million people that had coming out of the wilderness and going into the promised land. That is the city of Houston. Can you imagine the city of Houston together marching someplace? Nobody could stop them. nobody they would devour everything, any McDonald's, any chick-fil-a, anything they pass. I mean, all the food is gone. Now, God provided for these people by bringing manna. Do you know how much manna must have been falling for them, but also any little thing that crawled in that desert, anything I'm telling you was devoured. The people got their hands on it, it was devoured? the amount of water that was needed for 4 million people this is a huge number of people if you had the city of houston start marching to california nobody could stop them i mean the army would just have a hard time stopping you couldn't stop them so moses knew this is it's a busy place he would set up a tent of meeting outside the camp for good reason i just got to i just got You've got to spend time with the Lord. And he would move it outside the camp. Jesus said, go into your inner room or go into your closet. Sometimes you just got to get away. You can find a little corner and spend time with the Lord. Moses set up a tent of meeting. He pitched it outside the camp. He called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting which was outside the camp. Moses set up this haven of a place to spend time with God. And it came about, whenever Moses went out to the tent, the people would arise and stand each at the entrance of his tent and gaze after Moses until he entered the tent. And whenever Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent, and the Lord would speak with Moses. And when all the people saw the pillar of the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise and worship, each at the entrance of his tent. Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face, just as a man speaks with his friend. When Moses returned to the camp, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So you see that, that uh, Moses set up this tent he would go out to this tent. Anybody wanted to speak to the Lord, they could go out to the tent. It says that that each... And when Moses would go to the tent, it says, it says, and it came about, whenever Moses went out to the tent, that all the people would arise and stand, each at the entrance of his tent, and gaze at Moses as he entered the tent. So if you have four million people, it's not all four million people seeing Moses. Just a little corner of the people that happened to be near that outskirt, the outskirts where he set up that tent. But they would see Moses going. They knew he was going to talk with God. And they would stand in reverence. Somebody may mock you and may make fun of you for wanting to spend time with Jesus. But I am telling you that they will respect you. In their hearts they will respect you. And in their hearts they will often envy you that you go and you spend time with Jesus. Colleagues sometimes will make jokes because I would like to break at the middle of the day and go to the chapel and pray, and they'll make little snide comments sometimes, but I know they deeply respect it. Each would stand at their tent and watch Moses go to the tent of meeting. And whenever Moses, in verse 9, entered the tent a pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. Do you know what happens when you go to spend time with the Lord? The Lord shows up. The Lord shows up. You don't have to worry about that. In fact, the Lord is already generally waiting there for you. Say, Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wake up at 6 o'clock every morning and spend time with you. If you don't show up, The Lord is there. He's there waiting on you. The Lord is there. The pillar of cloud would descend. This is what spending time with God is like. You take time to spend it with the Lord. Jesus is there. And you may say, well, I don't really feel this thing. Well, maybe Moses didn't see the pillar of cloud because he was in the tent. But the Lord is there. Whether you feel it or not. You open up the Word of God and you say, Lord, start to speak to me through this as I read. Speak to me. The Lord is there. Some days you will feel like I didn't get much out of it. You persist. The Lord is there. The Lord is there. It says, the Lord would speak with Moses. The Scriptures are full of instances. God speaks. God spoke. God spoke. Again and again and again, God speaks to people. He speaks to me primarily through the Scriptures. Because I have a tendency sometimes in my mind to hear whatever I want. But when I read the Word of God, just, it comes alive. It says, Thus the Lord, in verse 11, used to speak to Moses face to face just as a man speaks to his friend. Did you know that we have so much more than Moses? Jesus even said, that, that many prophets longed to see your day and didn't see it. And then he says in Hebrews, it says in Hebrews chapter 11, that what they had, speaking also of Moses, was not perfected without what we have. Because we have Jesus. Jesus has died and risen from the dead. We have Jesus as an intercessor between us and the Father. A mediator between men and God is the man Christ Jesus And He opens up that fellowship. This is the treasure that I have. People ask me, how do we accomplish all these things? I don't know. But all I know is I spend time with Jesus and I pray. And He does this. If you will look at your career, if you have to fight this out yourself, I'm telling you, the world is just... you're up against a stiff competition. But if you will spend time with Jesus each day, every day. Remember, there is a blessing, it says, for meditating on the Scriptures every day. If you do this every day, your way will be blessed. What is the secret? It is time with the Lord. What is the secret? It is time with the Lord. If you spend time with the Lord, you will excel beyond your peers. That you will. Because the Lord will guide you and He will speak to you. There is a richness that comes through the scriptures. Through the scriptures, a richness that comes of being with Jesus. It says that when Moses would come out, that he would have to keep his face veiled after he'd spend time with God because he was radiant. It will make you different. People will see a difference in you. Sometimes when I give a lecture at places, people will come up and they say, "There's just something different about you." A chemistry lecture, I'm not even talking about. a a Bible lesson, a chemistry lecture, people will say, there's just something, it's so believable. I mean, you're just so passionate. You love this stuff and you really believe it. They see something different in you. You go into a job interview. You speak with people. You can pray, Lord, let the light of Christ shine through me to these people. Let the light of Christ shine through me. And the Lord will do that we got a bunch of uh, uh, famous lawyers coming to our house tonight for dinner. And I'm praying, Lord, let the light of Christ shine through our family to them. Lord, let that light come shining through. And I know what's going to happen. Boom. The light of Christ will come and we will grab their attention. I will be speaking to them and their attention will be grabbed. It happens all the time. Sometimes I have to go and meet with a famous person. i pray, Lord, Lord, pour out your grace in that time. Lord, open it up and let them see Jesus in me. And I will come out of my prayer time and I will go into this meeting and they're like, wow! They're just amazed. You know, because I'm just, just passionate and on fire because I just spent time with Jesus. This will change your career. If you learn to do this before a job interview, it will change your career. If you learn to do this before you go in and speak with your boss, spend some time with Jesus and say, Lord, anoint me and fill me. Let the Holy Spirit flow out through me. You spend some time with Jesus. Then you go in and talk with your boss. They will see something different in you. That's for sure. You can fight this thing alone, just like the world. Or you can say, Father, fill me. Fill me. And let the power of God come through you. And you think, well, Moses was kind of special. Well, it says, when Moses returned to the camp, in verse 11, his servant Joshua, this is a servant. This is not like, uh, you know, this is a servant boy. This is not Moses' son. This is just a servant. Moses had sons. Moses had two sons. You don't see them there with Moses. Because a lot of times it's not the children that pick up on this. Moses, it says, his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man. I'm not sure how young he really could have been, because when they first come out of the Promised Land, and they were going in, he was 40 years old. He was 40 years old when they came out of Egypt. I don't know how old he was here, but, you know, this means that I'm a young man. (laughs) (laughs) Joshua can be a young man at the age of 40 and who knows how long into the wilderness they were. But he says, Joshua the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. So Moses would just get worn out. He was just tired. He'd spend enough time with the Lord. He left the tent and, Moses, and Joshua said, I'm not leaving. I mean, the presence of God is too good. I don't want to leave. Why would God mention this? Why doesn't He just stop at Moses. Why does he have to mention that the servant stayed in the presence of the Lord? For our sake, he mentions this, so that we realize it's not just this great man, Moses. It is us. We have access to God. And it doesn't say, and when Moses left, Joshua was left there and the pillar of cloud went away. No! The pillar of cloud stayed there. Moses is an old guy. Moses, when they came out of the Promised Land, he was 80 years old. He probably just couldn't do it anymore. But the young guy, he could do it. He just stayed there before the Lord. Who was the next leader of Israel after Moses died? Joshua. Joshua was the next He's just a servant. What about what about all these other people around Moses? All these head honchos? And No, it was Joshua. He takes the reins of Israel after Moses dies. Why? Because this is a man who knew how to spend time with God. Who gets the promotion? The one who spends time with God. The one who spends time with God. You'd think maybe Moses' son. Moses had two sons. Be one of his sons. No. It's not one of his sons it's not one of Moses's sons it's Joshua the servant the inheritance of the kingdom doesn't go to the man's son it goes to the person who spends time with God if you could capture this thought if you could capture what I'm telling you what I'm sharing with you today that sitting at the feet of Jesus and learning to spend time with Him will propel, propel your career, your life, your family better than anything else. Even better than serving. Oh, I'm going to be a great... No, even better than serving is spending time with Jesus. That will make you great. That will make you greater than all. It was Mary who understood. Mary understood that this Lord was about to die. All the disciples, they didn't get it. But Mary, who's just sitting at his feet and just learning and learning and learning, just didn't want to leave, she is the one who knew. Let's pray. Father, I pray for these young people. That you would cause them to desire to spend time with Jesus. Time with Jesus. That they would desire to be with Him. And that they would see your hand bringing them up as you brought up Joshua. And Father, I pray for these here who have never asked Jesus into their heart. Father, I pray that they'd ask him into their hearts today. As I pray this prayer, if you do not know Jesus, if you have never invited Jesus into your heart, as I pray this prayer, you say this prayer along with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sins. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord Jesus, let me walk with You. Lord, let me know You. And live Your life through me. In the name of Jesus, Amen.